Welcome back to another episode of Talking Baseball, where a lot has happened. So many guys have signed big names off the board. Let's dive in. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Talking Baseball. Back to our normal setup which is only normal for a little bit, but we're excited to have kind of uh, the calm after the storm of winter meetings. We haven't been doing our regular just reaction episodes in a while. And Jake, I don't know if you know this, but since our last one, a lot of people have signed. I had no idea. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of news I have to break for you. Cole went to the Yankees. Dan Winkler to the Cubs. That's a good one. I'm proud of them for that one. Yeah. Well, I hope everyone's doing well. I hope you're gearing up for Christmas and the holidays. And I hope that uh, you remember these names forever because they're sponsoring this show. Tom Finnegan. I once had whiskers on my chinigan. They fell out and then grew in again. Joseph Herman. Alec Posner, Vikram Narayan, sorry, I blew that one, Jeremy Gibby, Gibby, no one better call that guy Jeremy, just call him Gibby, Nick Laman, Christopher Toth, Trevor Boyson, Anthony Malazzo, Jake Slavoski, Slavoski, and Kurt Johnson. Those are our most recent Patreons, John Boy Media Patreons, we appreciate you, They get to watch live. I know we have a handful watching live right now, Monday morning, 10 a.m., watching live with us, part of the chat. If you guys want to have anything to say, say it, and uh, maybe it gets on the show. Also, we give some giveaways. There's going to be more coming. We have a new YouTube channel that we're going live under, Jake, just talking baseball. So if you ever want snippets of conversations or snippets of interviews or the full thing or you want to see our reactions and our faces, go subscribe to Talking Baseball. But anyway. Jake, you had a long weekend on the mountain after a long week in San Diego. Your your temperatures went crazy on you. My temperatures went crazy on me. Yep. Well, how about back to you in the booth? Sun to snow for you. Sun to snow for me. Um, even sun around the snow. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm completely shot. Um, yeah, landed back from winter meetings. Um, got home at. 2 a.m. And then, yeah, woke up the next day and drove to Steamboat, did skiing and partying for a couple days, drove back yesterday, took like five hours, uh, brains full Swiss cheese mode. And today's my first day that I feel like I'm a member of society in about a month. Um, Because from our L.A. trip, um, that took me straight into Thanksgiving. (laughs) And it's just been a... I, I've been living out of the soup case for, for about a month now, so ready to ready to settle in for four days. Yeah, I mean, it's not really going to end. I got I, I can't even settle yeah. in. We have house guests this week. On Friday, I go down to the shore, and I spend like a week with the family. And then we have maybe two weeks before we go back to L.A. for our next venture out there. So it's been it's going to be it's a wild off season. Which weekend is that? Is that like the 13th or something? 12th we haven't planned it yet because <laughs> we, we're gonna okay. have to we have to we have to put come some days around it let's just put it let's make this a full planning episode 
<laughs> just you and I organizing our thoughts. That's what the people want. Oh, dude, it's uh, it's been crazy. I'm, oh, I'm, dude. I'm, I'm yearning for like the days when I would just oh. wake up, sit in my chair, make breakdowns, go to sleep. <laughs> Sorry that you're yearning so much. You should yeah. talk to your doctor about that. Well, I'm learning about yearning, and that's what my doctor does. What do you want to talk about, dude? Can we just do like a winter meetings update for those that didn't really follow along as much? Because yeah, then, I guess then, so. We should then we, we'll, we'll we then catch I, everyone up. Then I would promise you we will get into Strasburg, Cole, Rendon, Kluber, Waka, Trinan, Romine, Sutsugo, Gregorius, Gardner, Purcello, Martin Perez, Lindblom. There's fucking Madison Bumgarner. So many things happened. Gregorius. Um, yeah. Uh, a lot of a lot of ish went down. Jim, I think I think you'll laugh because you left. I forget when I put these notes in there. Um they might have been after like the first day of winter meetings, but I had I had the Brad Brock and Dan Winkler signing, so we could cover those now. Yeah, those are done. And just um but yeah, and I as you see I, I wrote them down in very my Jake chickens chicken scratch. I wrote Astros cheated. <laughs> um sorry Astros fans, but uh yeah. Uh some of the George Brett rumors are true. Um he was having a good time at winter meetings. That's all I'll say. Uh, Al Leiter was nice to us. He tried to describe what Jimmy does for work, and he wasn't even coming close. Um, to a drunk Henry, guy to Henley Mullins. Al Leiter called to, me to, over. We'll slow it down just to get you the vibe. The okay. bar, the, 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 the hotel lobby at winter meetings is there's a bar on either sides and the lobby in the middle. So it's kind of like a dog bone and the ends are the bars and the middle is just the lobby that you hang out in or whatever. It was really cool because anyone can walk in. And if you walked in on day one, you would have seen Boone and the whole Yankees crew on one side of the bar. Cora and the whole Red Sox crew on the other side of the bar. Al Leiter, George Brett, um, Henley Mullins, a bunch of guys just mixing it up in the middle. And then that, and then also all the reporters that we follow and know were there as well. And Al Leiter, I wasn't going to go up to Al and say, I didn't go up to anyone really and say hi, besides if I already knew that they knew us. So right. Al Leiter, I'm walking by and he goes, John boy, get over here. And then he's trying to explain to Bam Bam Mullins what like I do and what the videos are. And he has, just has no like idea. He's like, he makes these hilarious videos. Um uh, he's he like, he's like, uh, tell him what you do. Tell him, <laughs> tell him. Tell him. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. That was, was, that was, was pretty cool. It was pretty, uh, it was nice by Al Leiter, but it was also like the predicament of what we've tried to tell our parents that our job is for the past, past year and a half or so. Um, yeah, that first night, Cora and Boone were on opposite sides opposite sides of the bar i mean it wasn't anything beefy like those two are friends but it was just kind of a funny a dynamic funny image, that there yeah. there was a red sox corner and there was clearly a yankees corner uh cliff floyd was wearing a swaggy outfit i wrote that down um and my final note was uh jeff passan is our best friend he's also short and he's the youngest 39 year old i've ever seen yeah but you're the youngest 30 year old a lot of people have ever seen so you guys have that in common well, that's we kind of sized each other up for a second. He he was looking at like Passan kind of looks like just graduated college, and he's interviewing for jobs. And <laughs> I I look like I'm late high school. So we were kind of sizing each other up, like, all right, 
Like, he was looking at me like, you better get fat quick and get this whole thing over with. And I'm like, I'm trying, Jeff. Trying my hardest. Yeah. So winter meetings are a cool time. Like, we were upstairs in Radio Row. Downstairs was the writer's room. And then, like, the big studio productions, like MLB Network and Sirius. And then all the other, like, you know, the Chicago affiliate, Philadelphia affiliate, Yes Network, SNY, John Boy Media were all upstairs. The lobbies always have things going on. And then, like Jake was saying, not no one knows what goes on at winter meetings because I, I had no idea until I went. And they, there's no fanfare around it because MLB kind of, I don't know if they don't want that or whatever, but it's cool. Like, all the trainers were there for a trainers conference. Uh, there's a trade show. We made a video at the trade show for kind of like concessions and gift shops, merch that they want to get into all minor league stadiums. There's like everything in there. There's like analytics companies that show up and are trying to like sell data. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's pretty wild. Yeah. And then there is a job fair for anyone that's graduating college and wants to go get a job in baseball, like any sort of job. Like a lot of it's like ticket sales, uh, marketing, social media for teams, anything. We were thinking of setting up a booth to to have like people that wanted to intern at John Boy Media, but that would have been a nightmare. I'm, bit, I'm glad we decided bit. not to do that. I mean, we were working. We we got to winter meetings at what, like 8 a.m. and we left at 1 a.m. every day. And we were, I think we were the only. I think we were one of the only crews burning it at both ends. Like we were doing the chummy, hang out in the bar, hang out with everyone, and also getting 14 interviews in three days. Yeah, if if you're a baseball fan, winter meetings is cool. Um, it's crazy how much the year by year matters. Like we were in Las Vegas last year and it was kind of a tough dynamic cause everything was separate. Jim, I was laughing cause, uh, we got press passes this year and we were, we were stoked and we, we thank you major league baseball. Um, but we kind of didn't need them this year. <laughs> yeah. Um, like last year, uh, they were a necessity if you wanted to be involved with media stuff. This year, everything was open. I mean, people were walking up to our booth. People were walking up to Yes. Um, that's the Yankees network. Uh, the MLB network had like three setups, Jim. They had one downstairs, one at the top of the escalators, and one on the roof. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. If it's a city you think you'd be interested in, um, like visit that city, but also check in on winter meetings and carve out a night because you'll see players, coaches, and medias, medias, just having a drink and hanging out. It's its pretty cool. Yeah. And then I, I, I tweeted out a full list of um, interviews that we got. I was going to read it in case anyone, you know, we probably have a lot of listeners that don't have Twitter and they wanted to, uh, they want to hear what we did. Yeah. I'm trying to, th- trying to find this tweet. I, I wrote out a full list. Now it's pissing me off. Oh, here it is. Lindsay Adler, she already that already got posted on Talking Yanks. Baseball Brit, that already got posted on Talking Baseball. I hope you guys enjoyed that and listened to it. We actually got a lot of we got a lot of like really good feedback that that was super interesting conversation with uh, Joey. So go follow him and I'm so excited for every bunt double of the 2020 season to be like yeah. sent his way. They did it. So all five of those uh, Craig Calcaterra joined us on our, our history podcast, Laughs from the Past, where we talked about the history of sign stealing and all that. Phil Nevin, Yankees third base coach, joined us. That'll be on Talking Yanks. Sesame's family barbecue dudes, Jordan and Jake, joined us. That'll be on this show, Talking Baseball. And we forgot to talk baseball, really, but that's a really fun, it's fun time. 
Yeah, if you if you like them and you like us, you'll you'll like it. If you're looking for a baseball deep dive, you might be in a weird spot. Uh, Marley Rivera from ESPN.com joined us. That might go on both properties, talking Yanks and talking baseball. Jack Curry talking Yanks. Brian Hoke talking Yanks. Joshua Kuznick, an agent who will say anything, came on. You guys will probably really enjoy that. It's an interesting insight. It'll be on talking baseball. Starting nine, uh, Jared and uh, Dallas came on this one. Meredith Morakovic for Talking Yanks and Phil Hughes. Maybe that'll go on both. It'll definitely go on Talking Yanks. Um, I just have to release them. So I think over the holidays, Jake and I will catch our breath a little bit, and these will help just release it. I think we're we're at the points in the off season where we're going to run out of breaking news, which might help us. Now we can just release some interviews and work on other stuff because a lot of guys have gone. If you haven't been keeping up. Cole's off the board. Strasburg is off the board. Mad Bum's off the board. Rendon's off the board. Wheeler's off the board. We knew that already. Um, Kluber got traded. And there's some others that I'm forgetting. But of the top 10, I feel like the only guy that's really left is Donaldson and Ryu. Donaldson and Ryu. Are those the two of like the projected top 10 free agents? I, I think the impact guys that are left, uh, Ryu, Donaldson, um, who, who am I blanking on? Keuchel. Uh, no one's talking about him. Mar- Marcelo Zuna isn't signed yet. Um, Castellanos, Edwin Encarnacion, Puig. So, I mean, you know, it, it does start coming down a little bit, but there's... There's still a few impact guys out there. Dellen Batances, everyone's wondering what that contract is going to look like. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. I, impact players is kind of a widespread term. I, I think there is a little drop-off maybe when you, you get after Puig or Castellanos, depending how you measure guys. But I mean, even there's some second-tier guys. Avisail Garcia, um, Ass Crabs had such a big playoffs. Daniel Hudson. Dalen um, Batances, someone he might get looked at. So... Yeah, Deli Belly. So, uh, I mean, there's still there's still a group of impact players, and then there's a group of guys that I don't know. I mean, look look what as Drupal Cabrera did for the Washington Nationals. If he could, if he figured something out, like that guy can be a good player for you. So we we've got a little bit, but yeah, all the top names, uh, all the big big names are pretty much checked off. And I was laughing. James, I was sorting, I was sorting the contracts by AAV this morning, just catching up and and looking at things, and I was like, how long ago does the Zach Wheeler signing feel like? That feels like it was decades ago. Yeah, everything feels like it was a long time ago. I mean, Strasburg Whoa. feels like we haven't done an episode talking about Strasburg yet. Yeah. So everything's been wild. Uh, there was a tweet from our good friend uh, Mark Carrig. One last name I'm very, very much struggling with. So, so yeah. sorry, Mark. Karig is my best guess right now. But he said, there have been 12 deals this winter of guarantees in excess of $30 million. So 12 teams have get, have given out contracts for $30 million guaranteed. Nine of those deals have been done by teams that did not make the playoffs in 2019. I think he had the first number wrong and he corrected. So I think it's actually 11. So 11... 30 million guaranteed contracts by 11 different teams. Nine of those teams didn't make the playoffs. So baseball's free agent market is being driven by teams hoping to get better by signing better players, which sounds just so generic and corny, but that's not, was not the case last year. 
So I thought that was a good like treat by uh, Kerrig. Like nine teams who didn't make the playoffs are saying now's the year, and they're going after it. And it's good for baseball. This whole offseason has been great for baseball. Yeah, I mean, if you start going around baseball last year, the word was like, oh, tanking. Look how many teams are playing bad. Now you go through, I mean, look at the NL West. Look at the NL Central. Like, ask those teams and those fan bases if they're competing. Um, And, like, honestly, I think know who's going to be a big winner in about three years is the San Francisco Giants. Because the NL West is just going to (laughs) be... The, the phrase that came to my head was humping doorknobs. Um, but at, after the Dodgers, I, I mean, there's three teams that just are like 84-win teams. And yeah, maybe the ball starts bouncing your way, but I can't sort between the Padres, the Rockies, and the Diamondbacks right now. And the, I think Bumgarner's the, the biggest eyebrow raiser of the offseason so far, which, um, I mean, we'll get there in a little bit, but... Yeah, I mean, the Reds, the Texas Rangers, I, I love it. Yep. All right, let's take a quick break, and then we'll get back, and we'll deep dive into all these individual signings. Oh, chest is killing Tired of crowded grocery stores? Thrive Market is here for you, offering everything from healthy snacks to organic wine. Thrive Market brings you food as it should be, real ingredients, environmentally friendly, and delicious. Thrive wants to make healthy living easy for you, so they're offering a free trial and 25% off your first order by going to bit.ly forward slash save on Thrive. That's bit.ly forward slash save on Thrive. All right, all right, all right, we are back. Cronpod? You want to do Cronpod a little bit? I mean, at this point, the, the Strasbourg one, he, he goes back to the Nats. And, and the buzz around this deal is that he doesn't want to be the number one. He doesn't want to go to the Padres and be the, the, the dude. This is like, I think, just like rumor mill. I don't know. Like, there's no way Strasburg has said this. But, like, he likes that Scherzer is the crazy dude with the pressure. And he got to, like, kind of be like, oh, well, actually, Strasburg is the best pitcher. People are saying that that's the vibe he enjoys. So. It's. I think it's a little bit of that. Um, you know, he's not necessarily looking for that that number one ace pressure, and that's like what Scherzer lives for. So they're kind of a they're a good buddy cop duo there. And I think the other thing is he's he's not a big change guy. Like he he is comfortable in his surroundings. The, the two options that really made sense were San Diego or Washington. I mean, it feels like he just got comfortable in Washington. It, feel, it feels like two years ago, not even, he was still, I don't know, he wasn't comfortable in his own skin. I feel like him and Scherzer uh, got into like a couple yelling matches in the in the dugout, and now now look where we are. So good, good for him. He gets paid, paid. And Jim, you and I, it, it became the story at winter meetings, but him signing first and signing for that much money was huge for everything else that happened. Yeah, and the, and the biggest thing I don't forget who told us this, but uh, I think Boris Boris or Boris at Heyman like tweeted out was that the Strasburg signing it's seven years, right? But it brings him to his age twenty nine season or thirty nine season, and that and then Cole's camp, which is the same camp Boris and them. <laughs> By the way, same camp. We're we're telling people like, hey, we want to bring Cole to twenty nine, age twenty nine as well. So that's 39. why thirty nine. Yeah, well, bad 
It's not a math pod, Jake. It's not a math pod. So they re- we run him to get to age 39 as well. So that bumps two more years, which I was shocked at. And if you want our initial reaction, we did a Talking Yanks episode all about Cole. We were we were drinking wine and, and having fun and very obnoxious Yankee fans. So Yes. Yes. Our, our Arguably our most obnoxious Yankees pod. Um, but yeah, it was, it was pretty wild because, uh, I mean, Cole was the buzzword around winter meetings and you and I have d- discussed a decent amount, um, how, you know, the top free agent usually sets the market and it builds off of that. But the Strasburg thing was kind of genius because you start doing like Cole is Cole is better than Strasburg right now and value wise going forward. So you started doing the numbers and you're like, okay, if Cole gets a little more money per year, in an extra year, is he going to hit three? And then it, it was funny at winter meetings. The conversation was like, "You think you think Cole will get three hundred? And then about twenty four hours later, is like, "How far over three is he going to go?" <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's good that the best pitcher gets paid the most money. Like that's what you want. I don't want to go into a strike, so I'm happy everything's going kind of well for the big free agent guys getting their money. Um, it's a huge contract, and we've come to find out that. The Angels offered money, but it was really nowhere close. They really weren't going to push the limit. So Yankees were kind of bidding against themselves in a way. And we got the same thing with Corbin last year in the Nationals and wonder how much could they have gone less and still got him. Who knows? He did want to go. Like the West Coast pull was there, I believe. But, you know, money speaks. Now he's got to shave his beard. Yankees have a really good rotation now. I mean, Yankees have never had a really good rotation and if everyone stays healthy and pitches to their abilities, so status quo, Cole as the one, Sevy as the two, Paxton as the three, Tanaka as the four. However way you want to do the two, three, four, I don't care. I'm not going to argue with it. That's a really good top four. I think the Yankees may have the best fourth pitcher in baseball in Tanaka or Severino. Yeah, it's uh, th- there's an argument out there to, to say it's the best rotation in baseball. It'll be interesting to see, um, you know, where... It, again, there are a couple free agents and potentially a couple trades to be made that that could make things a little more interesting. But um, I mean, with Cole, the the Yankees are going to be the Vegas favorites. I think they currently are, and I, I I've been saying this on Talking Yanks. Uh, I I mean, when you really looked at the Yankees team, it's it it sounds obvious because how many teams could say, "Hey, we're missing a true number one." <laughs> I mean, a lot. Uh, but uh, Yankee fans are complaining about first base where they have options there. Like the the hole on this team was up top on that rotation. It makes the depth so much better. And uh, again, this is a podcast, and we can be open with our fandom. I mean, it's a it's going to be a really exciting three to four years to be a New York Yankees fan. Yeah, and Cole does have an opt out after the fifth year, which if he takes would be insane. I mean, if he. <laughs> It means he's doing really good. <laughs> if he takes that option, that means the Yankees signed a fucking great signing. Because that means yeah. he is incredible for five years <laughs> and only looking to get better. And he's going to opt out and go get more money. And the Yankees are like, great, we got five fantastic years. So I doubt he takes that. We'll see when we get there, obviously. Jakey, Jakey hot takes. And this, this is something from my guy, Ryan Rosillo. I'm going to report this now. Garrett Cole is picking up his option. He's going to stay with the Yankees. Yeah. Okay. Isn't his option to leave? It's an opt-out. Well, 
Yeah, these that would be opting out. He's picking up his option to stay with the Yankees. Interesting. Okay. What uh, What do you want to do next? Which one? Rent. So the Angels don't get call. Should we do all? We should do all the free agent signings, and then we should do all the trades. Okay. Is there more than one trade? We got a few trades. Yeah. All right. So the Yankees do not get. The Angels do not get Garrett Cole. They weren't even close in the end. And Jake and I said this, and, and a lot of people said this right away, like, good, because Garrett Cole doesn't fix you guys. He's the best pitcher in baseball. You're not uh, one best pitcher away from contending. The Yankees are. They're already contending, and they need that to over the top. The Angels have a lot of weaknesses and a lot of holes and a lot of needs in the rotation. So it's kind of good, like, hey, good, don't spend $300 million on one dude. Go spend, go get three dudes for $100 million each. As soon as Cole doesn't come their way, they pivot rather fastly to Rendon, who gets signed by the Angels. He's going to protect Trout, I'm guessing. What's the numbers there? I'm trying to find it on my screen. I can't find it. Seven, seven, seven for 245. 35 mil a year. And no it's trade clause. Same as Strasburg. Same as Strasburg. No trade clause, no opt-outs, no deferrals. So just straight up as most as straight up as a contract can be which we have some coming up later in the show, weird uh, incentives and opt-outs and deferrals and stuff like that. So I, I, I love the no-frills contracts. Those are cool. But Rendon signed seven years, man. This is good. I mean, you're a big Angels hater. Uh, you don't like a lot of the moves they make. So I want your thoughts on this one. I like the move. Like like you were saying, and I, I think we're genuinely not doing this in a in a pompous Yankees way, but Garrett Cole didn't solve their problems. Um, if they sign Rendon, Ryu, uh, and maybe a, a couple other bodies, like that's that's what the Angels need to do. And I I do love it, and and that's my my Angels hater vibe that is has come around is is a little misled. And I some someone got me good on the Twitter sphere because they were like. Jake, Rendon, and Trout, third base and center field. These angels are playing with your heart. I was like, yeah, I love these guys. Uh, so uh, I like and, uh, it. Sim- and Simmons with the glove up the middle. I mean, yeah, they're your team now. They're, I, it, you know, pe- people are busting my balls. And now uh, when you do something like that, like we've, we've talked about Listella and um, who's the other guy? I'm, I'm blanking on Fletcher. Like now if you have one of those guys – put together a full season now you've got another body and like instead of banking on those guys you stretch it out and Otani is is a true wild card I mean how far are they going to push Otani this year with the stick he's awesome and like Trout Otani Rendon so I'm I'm interested to see that dynamic and yeah someone what's the uh the fan graphs chart with the the balls on it that you like or it's not fan graphs baseball savant Baseball savant like Trout and Rendon are like the craziest dudes on that website. So uh, I'm excited for Mike Trout to have some protection. Um, I still don't like the Dylan Bundy trade, uh, uh, and I'm I'm fine with saying that. Uh, and so yeah, I mean they they still have a couple other things to round out, but no, they are they are looking like a better team. Um, have there yeah, ever we- been two least marketable? all-stars on a team trout and rendon are the most mundane two three three four to ever come together they're both i mean mike trout's one of the best players to ever play the sport of baseball rendon should be a superstar just no one really knows his name but his stats should have him as like perennial all-star superstar level rendon's quiet as a monk 
Trout likes the weather. They're like they're Make like Otani the star. Make Otani the star. Otani's gonna have to get all the attention. Um, I mean, it's just funny. Like the angels yeah. are like, we got the two best guys. Let's market them. I'm like, well, <laughs> well, that's tougher. <laughs> big storm coming through. What's t- what's tougher? Uh, what's tougher? Market to market Rendon and and Trout to kids or to get both of them out consecutively. Ooh. Um, I don't know. I, I think MLB kind of found their thing with trout. I know you liked, you liked that this year. Like his, <laughs> his marketability is he's not marketable. <laughs> yeah, I did. I thought that was a really good commercial. I think that was like the very first episode of talking baseball. I played that commercial. It's good. That's good. So this is kind of a question, but because we're on the angels right now, I'll stay on the angels. We might have to do this later in the show as well. What pitchers are left but for them, man? They don't get Cole. They don't get Bumgarner. They don't get Strasburg. I mean, really, if they still want to get guys, it's Ryu or a trade for Price because um, they still need rotation help. They can't go into the season with Haney, Otani, Bundy as their one, two, three. He, you can't. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking it's it's one more free agent. Um in, interested to see if it's Ryu or Keichel. I kind of I like Keichel there. Um, I you I'm I mean I like Ryu too as a ball player, but I I feel like he's gonna have a lot more options. I I don't know. I think Keichel's a fit. And then yeah, man, I I don't know the the David Price trade stuff is making a lot of sense in my head. Um, I, I think the Red Sox are willing to eat a little bit of money, which would make Price's next three years about twenty million per. And I think when you see someone like Madison Bumgarner gets a five-year contract for $85 million and you start saying David Price for three years, that that's pretty solid. And I just think the Red Sox want to get off the money. Um, and it, it the Angels need some more pitching. Their lineup is, is looking more solid than I have given them credit for. Um, but, yeah, when you add someone like Anthony Rendon, it can do that. <laughs> so... Um, uh, I'm interested to see, but yeah, I mean, they need two more arms period. Yeah. So we'll see how they go and get them. It'd be interesting. You mentioned Madison Bumgarner angels. Didn't get him. The diamondbacks come out of nowhere in a way and sign Madison Bumgarner. It's not for that much money, Jake. It's a five-year deal for $85 million with 15 million deferred. It's meaning they, he's not going to get that. He's not going to get the 15 million paid in these first five years. Which brings the uh, AAV annual average annual value to fourteen million dollars. I believe I read. I didn't do the math. It's not a math pod. Fourteen math mil pod. a year for five years. That's light for Madison Bumgarner. Uh, for for especially after the Wheeler deal, we all thought, oh, he might get Bum's going to get a hundred as well. He gets eighty four with deferred. Very interesting. Now they said they said that uh, you know it was a location thing. Like he wanted, he liked Arizona. He had similar or better offers on the table that he was like, "No, nah, I want to go to Arizona and play there." Someone tweeted out. I forget the writer. I wish I could give him credit, but I forget the name right now. <laughs> tweeted out like I could probably find it. Like, hey, no one's talking about Arizona for Bumgarner. He has horses there, and he really likes it. <laughs> he may go there. Isn't that funny, man? I mean, we we get we get so lost in the hometown discounts or guy wants to be East Coast or West Coast. 
And sometimes there's a factor. And you like think about what we know about Madison Bumgarner. I'm assuming his agent went to Arizona and basically said, hey, if you roll out a similar deal to what Atlanta or whatever these other teams are offering me, I'm coming through. Um, so it, 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 it became like a meme. This dude, Andrew Braggerly, he tweeted out, nobody has mentioned Diamond Max much in the Bumgarner pursuit, but if their interest is legitimate, Phoenix would be a very desirable landing spot for Bum. He has horses there, loves the area, and people kind of laughed at it. And then people were, and then the report was, no, like location mattered for him. I like this signing for Bumgarner because I think um, he stays in the NL West. He's going to pitch in a lot of big ballparks soon. Still, nice weather, uh, and just kind of do his thing. You know, like we thought he was going to come to the NL East and the or the AL East. And I was like, I don't think he, like I had no interest in seeing him in the AL East. I just think it would be a sad tale facing the DH in small ballparks. It's completely different than what he's had his whole career. I'm not saying he's going to be terrible, uh, but he definitely every single pitcher that pitches with a, 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 an out given to you and in those big ballparks in the West, they get benefited from those. That's I mean, it's not a hot take to say that. So I like that he stays there, stays put. I mean, to see him like in a it's almost nice that he stays in that division because like, yeah, OK, good. I don't have to deal with that much change now. Yeah, I, I was seeing some uh, some of my Rockies tweets from a couple couple of the guys I follow, follow for them out here. And they were I mean, I mean, you have to think about what they've seen with Madison Bumgarner. They've seen like basically ace Madison Bumgarner for seven, eight years or whatever it's been. So my Rockies buddies were like, God damn it. <laughs> like he's that dude's still hanging out and he's not with us. Okay, that sucks. Um, and then Giants fans were pissed off too because like you've mentioned a few times, uh, that Bay Area slash the Giants themselves have this kind of history of keeping their dudes. I mean, Just Buster the Giants. Posey. Yeah. yeah. Um uh and and now when that contract comes out, because you're right, all the rumors were like, wow, Mad Bum might clear 100 by a lot. Now guys are looking at this like, could we have kept Mad Bum um, for what he's going to give us and the, and the value that might be in this contract? Like, if Mad Bum gives you three good years as a third starter, I think this contract pays itself off, and he could very well do that. So I know a lot of the NL West wasn't happy, um, it's kind of the surprise signing, I'd, I'd say, of the, the offseason so far. I mean, what would rival it? Moustakis? But, I mean, you can still make sense of that. Yeah. No, they came out of nowhere for me. I didn't know he had horses there, so that's my fault. I also thought this line was good. Uh, Bumgarner, $85 million, uh, The Diamondbacks, it's the second largest contract the Diamondbacks have given out in franchise history behind the one they gave Zach Greinke in 2015. And they get another. They get another uh, pitcher who can hit. And by hit, we mean have a 540 OPS, but does get one hit in every 20 plate appearances. And people say, "Oh, I love when a pitcher can rake." <laughs> well, <laughs> whoa, um, yeah, and a, a little a, a fun. Uh, I mean, we'll do an NL West day some somewhere on this. But yeah, man, I mean, the NL West is just. Like you, you look at Arizona's pitching staff, and you're like, okay, Mad Bum, Robbie Way, Robbie, Robbie Way, Robbie Ray, Luke Weaver. Um, they got that that guy that came from overseas last year. I forget his name. Um, 
And yeah, I, you just go through all these NL West teams and be like, I her Herman Marquez could be an ace or he could be bad. Um, you could do the same thing with like a lot of the dudes on the Padres, the Rockies, um, and the Diamondbacks. I have no idea how that's going to sort out, um, but I'm I'm excited to see it. What's interesting, man? Uh, so I'm not smart enough because a lot of people sure. I've read and go to read comments and read up about these things, and and they're like, man, Diamondbacks are doing a great job. Like, these are some really smart moves they've made. They got rid of Granky. They're paying him $30 million a year. Uh, and then they bring in Bum for $14 million a year. And to replace him, they're, they might trade Robbie Ray now. And they're like, hey, they might be good. I'm not smart enough to see that vision. So, like, I'm not, I'm not denying it. But I'm like, I don't see how you guys are good next year. But I've I've read a bunch of places that I usually read, and they're like, "Yeah, Diamondbacks are going to be doing big things." And I'm kind of like you, like they seem still like an 85 win team, and that misses the wild card, even with Bum. I'm not trying to yeah, be a I mean, hater. I just don't see it. They they won 85 games last year. Um, Eduardo Escobar, he he could be one of the most underrated players in baseball. I like him. Um, I mean, Cattell Marte had a crazy year. I mean, they've got some question marks. Like, it, 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 I think the Juice Ball was uh, they're a team that benefited from that on offense. Um, it, you know, a lot of their lineup aren't aren't names that you know. I mean, Christian Walker hit 29 home runs last year for them. So, uh, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they put together. But yeah, there's not a lot of names that scare you. The name I was blanking on was Merrill Kelly. Uh, so you replace half more than half a year of Granky with Mad Bum. Um, I don't know. It's it, Again, that whole division is going to be like, who takes a jump next year? Does does Luke Weaver build off his really 12 impressive starts for them? Um, I don't know. Um, but I know if this was a Rockies pod, they'd be telling you how this is the window with Story and Arenado and some of their guys. Um, and if this, this if this is a Padres pod, they're they're yelling about how yep Tatis for the full year Machado our guys are gonna do it. And I don't know. I just think all those guys are gonna bump heads, and the Dodgers will casually win a hundred three games again. We'll see. The Dodgers have forgot they're allowed to sign guys. What are they doing? <laughs> uh, they missed out on everyone, and supposedly they weren't even in on Rendon, and they weren't even in on Bumgarner. The Dodgers. The report I read, and I. I hate I don't put much stock into these so sharing it's kind of silly it was like they're banking on a Lindor trade it's like what you can't do that you cannot bank your offseason on a trade <laughs> yeah it feels like they are though um yeah. well anyway they're still otherwise, good and yeah maybe Ryu come I mean if they sign re-sign Ryu and they do do a Lindor trade I mean that's still not a bad offseason but yeah they uh I it, Ryu might make out great. Are Ryu and Keuchel, are they going to benefit from being the last guys? Because there's still a lot of teams that want those dudes. Yeah, or like a, a trade now. Like, you know, Hap for the Yankees, they're shopping him around. Does someone believe in him on a one-year rental trade for lesser? You know, like there's trade yeah. routes are going to open up now, but we have to get Ryu, Keuchel done first. Tehran, does anyone want him? <laughs> Your guy. Uh, let's um, some quick signings. Uh, the Tigers picked up Austin Romine, one year, four point one million dollars. Austin Romine's been the Yankees backup for about five years now. Um, I don't think I like Romine as a clubhouse guy. If you're a Tigers fan, wondering a Yankees fan opinion, 
awesome clubhouse guy, really good leader, good backup. Um, I don't know if he could be a starting catcher, but I'm glad he's getting the chance to. Uh, cheap deal. He got paid, so good for him. Yeah, there's there's some numbers you could talk yourself into Romine. Uh, he's a guy that if you have been following, he's super easy to root for. Uh, he got in a fight <laughs> with uh, Detroit a couple years back, so a Maybe. lot of Yankee fans were having fun with that. Uh, yeah, Mickey Cabs, and I think they had a chance to apologize, and they didn't really. Um, so, yeah, I, that's someone we're excited for. There still are a couple catchers out there. It'll be interesting to see how that sorts out. But, yeah, ev- everyone root for Austin Romine. Phillies signed Didi Gregorius. Kind of a sad signing, in my opinion, because Didi should have gotten paid, paid, but he had Tommy John surgery. He came back. He didn't hit that well, and now he's on a one-year prove-yourself deal. And I am happy he took this and didn't take a couple years for like lesser money. Take the one-year, $14 million deal. I hope he does go out and prove it and gets paid next free agency. I like when guys bank on themselves. Uh, again, another guy that was on the Yankees, was beloved by Yankee fans, was hated for like a week because he replaced Derek Jeter. He overcame that. He saw them from old Yankees to new fun like Yankees and kind of led that transition. Uh, dude can speak five languages. He's an artist, a graphic designer, a video editor. He's like the most skilled, talented guy in the world. He's pretty good at playing shortstop and, and hitting a baseball. One year, $14 million deal. We heard that there was more money on the table elsewhere, but he wanted to reunite with Joe Girardi, his old manager, and stay on the East Coast. So good for the Phillies. The Phillies are putting together a squad, right? You happy with what they're doing? Yeah. I am. I am. Uh, it'll be interesting to see kind of their final touches on the team. I know we uh, we were talking to the Yes Network and kind of cringing. Like, if they get Dylan Batantis and they, they start doing a, a mini Yankees Yankees NL thing, um, they, they could put something together, especially with Girardi in charge. I love Didi. Um, I, I think he is a player that benefits – from being at a hitter's ballpark, but I, you know, Citizens Field is that. And yeah, man, I I went on some rants this year because quality shortstops do not hit free agency. Um, if Didi Gregorius can can replicate his 2017, 2018, um, and he comes back to free agency, I mean, he's gonna clear a good chunk of money. He was he was a guy that if he had a good year this past year, he could have approached a, a hundred million dollar contract. Um, we'll see how another year does and what this year looks like, but I, I think he's going to be quality. Um, you know, this season was odd. You come back from a weird injury for a position player and you jump on during the middle of the season. So um, another guy that's tough, tough to root against. And like, dude, Philly is going to love him. He he already posted an Instagram that was like graphic design of like him, Harper, Hoskins, Real Mudo, and it's like, oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, and it's not—it's not like Didi has a guy who's like, "Hey, the new design hey, I want to, yeah, I want to suck up to the Philly fans." Like, can you guys post something? Like, nope. Didi hopped on the computer and drew that up. Yeah, he's good. He's fun. Speaking of uh, Yankees, uh, Brett Gardner gets a one-year, twelve-point-five million deal. Uh, this one, there's not much to say on talking baseball. It's the Yankees get him back. Fourth outfielder starts while Hicks hurt. Um, Really good clubhouse guy. Yankees love him. It's a marriage that's gone really well. What I do want to talk about is how this money is divvied up because I always find that stuff interesting, Jake. So it's one year, 12.5 mil guaranteed. That 12.5 million, two of it is a signing bonus. So he gets that right away just for signing. Eight is his salary. So really, I don't know how the 
annual average salary or value is. I don't, but right. it's eight is his salary, and then he has a two point five million dollar buyout. So if the Yankees don't want him back for two thousand twenty one, they buy him out for two point five millions, or they can opt in at ten million dollars. So all that adds up to twelve point five, but really like eight is what his yearly salary is, but really twelve point five is. It's very interesting how they do that. Yeah, I think for the actual AAV, I think it lands at ten. Um, but yeah, it, this uh, if you're if you're tuned into baseball, this was like the biggest lock of the off season. Um, Guardy returns, and yeah, I just and I'll say this in a kind of rude way: if you if you're another team and your off season plan involved Brett Gardner, like n- that that was never happening. You're dumb, dumb. Yeah. Barking up the wrong tree. Hey, quit your quit your barking. Let let's kick it. I didn't like my trade and signing commercial. You want to go to a break? Yeah, I think so. Okay, Jake's break. Jake's break. Okay. We're back from the break now. Welcome yes. back, everybody. There's still more more signings to talk about. Can we just rip through these one year? The Red Sox signed Martin Perez, one year, six million dollar deal, a lefty with promise, and then the promise kind of waned. Uh, is this to replace? Is this now they can go sell Price and they're like, we got someone to at least take his spot in the order or the 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 rotation? They have like all lefties. The Red Sox now. Man, they they still need a couple other arms. I mean, especially if they do trade price. I mean, you wonder what what they get back if they if they get an arm in a David Price trade. But uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, he, he's a guy that's thrown innings in Major League Baseball the past couple years. Like he's he's going to be on my list of dudes uh, to compare to Dylan Bundy throughout the season because I think he could probably give you the same without giving up four prospects. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see what the Red Sox can do, and yeah, they like their lefties. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe Sale and Erod can teach him a thing or two, and he uh, if Price stays around. Um, so yeah, good good for Martine. My thought was this means they're this allows them to shop Price easier, having his spot in the rotation filled already, with a guy who can eat innings like Price does. Price is much better, obviously, but they really want to shed yeah. that money, so. That's where my brain went. Like, oh, I think I think this heightens the price trade. And now that a lot of pitchers are falling by the wayside and, and gotten picked up and signed, like I said, with Hap, with Price, uh, Kluber just got traded. The market is that people are going to be going and knocking on doors about pitchers and trades soon. So this 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 might this offseason might keep rolling, which would be really fun. Yeah, I, I think it gives them options. I mean, they, they still need some more throwers, so you wonder if, if they do flip price, does that open them up to uh, to more free agent arms? I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it's, he's a guy that can throw you innings. Okay. S- speaking of, Porcello to the Mets. Did you see, Yeah, Porcello to the Mets, and Brody said that they have the best rotation in all of baseball now. And... Whatever. I'm glad that Brody says that, but like just throw one of on there because otherwise you come off like just yeah. such an agent. 
so the Mets signed Porcello and the Mets reached a deal with Cespedes. We talk about both of those right now. They signed a one-year okay. deal. And, and Michael Waka. Well, Michael Waka is a whole conversation I want to have because it's so right. fucking interesting. <laughs> Did he go to the Mets too? Yeah. He that was that was part of it. He, I think he said our, our rotation is like the the best and the most depth or something like that. Yeah, so they they got uh pretty Ricky, who's also thirty years old, Jake, because he broke in at yeah. twenty. He was supposed to be a phenom. Didn't put it together really for a while. Like, you know, good average pitcher. He had one year in two thousand sixteen where he won the Cy Young. Stole the Cy Young, yep. Which he should not have. He did not get as many first place votes. Just a stupid system, but whatever. I mean, he throws games, Jake. His last four yeah. se- his last four seasons, 33 starts, 33 starts, 33 starts, 32 starts. So that's his benefit. And he had a 5.52 ERA. His ERA plus was 87. Um, you, you're not adding this guy and then saying, and now we have the best rotation in baseball, but you're saying solid solid back end guy. I do think he's a solid back end guy for sure. Yeah, he's he's going to throw the ball and the wheels fell off last year. Like there's no denying it. Um, he was on slump like, watch ba- for a while. I I mean baseball that can happen and I I think the other thing that you can look at is like I don't know in 2015 he finished 9 and 15 with a 4.92 ERA. The next year he bounced back, went 22 and 4 with a 3.15. Like Rick Porcello's already kind of been through a lot <laughs> in his career cuz like you mentioned he came up early. He kind of wasn't the pitcher he thought he, he he was supposed to be and then he he kind of turned it around and he uh uh, I don't know. Again, you like it. If Rick Porcello is your five starter coming into the season, you're like, hey, he could really give us something. And if not, it's not the end of the world. Uh, so, yeah, Rick Porcello at the end of your rotation. Sure, I'll, I can sign up for that. All right. The next signing we said was Michael Waka. And Michael Waka, he was, you know, a big deal when he came up. Right. He was one of one of those when the Cardinals were getting all their fire relief uh, prospects to come relieve in the playoffs and then they would become pitchers. And it was like, yeah, Cardinals do it right. But he hasn't been a name in a while. His contract is so interesting and so weird and bizarre. So listen up because you follow along. He's making I forget what the guaranteed is, actually, but there's a lot of non-guaranteed money and incentives right here. If he starts 10 games, he gets 500K. If he starts 14 games, he gets another 500K. So that's a million dollars right there for 14 games started. If he starts 18 times, he gets one another $500,000. So now we're at 1.5 mil. Then every start after 20 until 30, which isn't going to happen, he would get another 500K per start. So that that totals up to $7 million of possible incentive money right there. Um, And instead of start, they also have a relief outing of three plus innings. Um, So they can't just use an opener to take away the game started for him. So I don't know. That's wild. And then there's also one... 0.35 0.35 million relief pitching award bonuses that we don't know the exact things about that. He's not going to be a starter. Unless someone gets hurt. Which they will. Which they yeah, but, will. But he's got to get um, 10, it, 10 starts. 
So 10 starts or relief outings of three-plus innings. Like, I, I hope I remember this contract so we can keep track of it, and then he'll get really close, and then they'll release him. Yeah, they'll do they'll do something funky. Um, man, I, I kind of like the Waka signing, too, and I'll, again, I'll, I can spin everything back to the Dylan Bundy trade if I want, but up until last season, uh, Michael Waka, 127 games started to the tune of a 3.77 ERA. Um, again, last year was kind of a mess for him. He's only 28. He's a guy that came up when he was young. Um, and yeah, last year was a mess. So if you, if you can, if you're the Mets and you see what, what happened wrong there, or if you're in Waka's camp and there was an injury you didn't know about or something like that, um, uh, I mean, this, this could be something that works out pretty well for you. I mean, 2018, in 15 starts, he was eight and two with a three-two ERA. So if you could somehow find that and, and and bottle that up again, you might have a nice option. Or maybe he he turns into kind of the Mets swingman. He hops in the rotation a little bit. The Mets will always be looking for more help out of their bullpen. Um, so that's I I think you're right with the contract, Jim. What was said in those? What was said in those negotiations? Was it, oh yeah, Waka, you're you're gonna be in there, and we're we're counting on you as our fifth starter, and you know, hope hopefully if if you pitch well, you'll be there all season, or um, you know, was it you're gonna have to earn your keep? Because you're right, this could become a messy thing with that kind of contract mid season if the Mets start doing Mets type things. So I mean. Waka says, like, no, I'm going to be part of the rotation. And the supposedly the Mets said we got him to be part of the rotation. Which is interesting. So that would put DeGrom, Syndergaard, Stroman, Mats. Waka? Where's Porcello? Porcello. I mean, you know you, you, you want to come into the year with six, seven starters. Yeah, but if you're promising Waka a rotation job, one of Mats... Or Purcello's like, well, well, then what the fuck am I? Yeah, I mean, hey, six man. Um, yeah, or, or I mean, maybe they're gonna make those guys battle it out. Maybe Matt's. No, I mean, Matt's had a really good year last year. I don't know. I mean, hey, <laughs> trade Cindergard. That'd be fun. Um, I don't. I don't know. I, I'm not gonna penalize the Mets for having having rotation depth. So here's here's Brody Van Jam's quote on it. If all are healthy, then we have more decisions to make that hopefully will be a high-class problem. But at this point, we're going in with six bona fide starters. The ability to have seventh and eighth starters with Lugo and Gazelman. We're walking in with depth and upside, and we can't speculate in terms of what the mix of who they give are if all healthy. Well, I will say this. It's a good rotation. Like, the Mets have a nice rotation. I, I think there's a lot of good pieces there. And like we always say, you need more than five guys. They currently have six. Hopefully injuries play out where it's not like a brutal decision. I'm not sure why they promised Waka a starting job when there's not one currently for him. I mean, they're just kind of predicting an injury, which they will happen, but he might start off as a bulk inning guy. It would be shitty if they never let him get three innings pitched and they only use him for two innings just because of the incentives. Uh, so we'll see. And they just had some yeah. other money situation with Cespedes. If you don't remember, he fell off of his pony or stepped in a hole or something and got hurt. Stepped in a hole. And they stopped paying him because, you know, that's he breached his contract, got hurt doing something else. And I think 
they kind of won, like they settled in the middle because Cespedes' camp knew they didn't really have a, a chance to fight this one. Yeah. So they shed some money off that a contract. Good for the Mets. The fucked up part is Brody was his agent yeah. who negotiated the contract, and now Brody is the GM who's voiding the contract. Yeah. It's all fucking weird, man. Yeah. I, uh... Yeah, and if you want to hear a little more about that, stay tuned for our Josh Kuznick agent episode. Um, I hey, I'm gonna give the Mets a little credit here too, because uh, this could have been a really ugly situation, and it was kind of never a story, which again is kind of unmets like. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they handled this one well. But I think it's also I mean, it, it was so egregious that Cespedes' camp was like, "You got us." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you, uh, you literally and figuratively had to come off your high horse. Um. All right. Cole just walked in the Yankees like New York with a beard, and people were like, "Do you think he's gonna shave it?" I'm like, "Well, he has to." So yeah, it's not really a thing. That's how that works. It's not a thing situation. It will be gone. All right. Good job, the match. You're making some more moves. Hopefully, they work out. Waka. I see this Waka thing as a completely like risk-free signing. It's pretty cheap. It's all incentives. If he hits those incentives, you're happy to pay him because he did what you wanted. Uh, have you seen his like peripherals and and all those baseball savant numbers? They're awful. Yeah, I mean he had uh, a a pretty atrocious last year, a five six one FIP. So. Uh, again, is there something in the tape that can bring him back to 2017, 2018 slash the rest of his career? I don't know. Um, and interested to see. Are the Mets still rolling with their old dude pitching coach? No, no, they got a new pitching coach. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, that guy, it's a bummer. Who else do we have to talk about here before the trade? The trade's the big one. <clears throat> uh, the, the Rays signed think- that Japanese guy, Yashitomo Susugo. Yeah, and... Uh, Good job by me pronouncing I mean, that name. Yeah, you crushed that, brah. Um, I I don't know. We I think we have a little bit of a Yankees fan knee jerk reaction. Like the Rays don't make a lot of bad news. <laughs> so when you hear there's a guy with power and some good potential that's coming over, and the Rays are the ones that won the bidding. Um, I, I, hey, maybe there's some risk reward on their end because that's how the Rays also have to do business. But now, like I. <laughs> I don't know. If I had to bet money on Susugo being a good ball player, I I would place that bet. Just make the Tommy Pham trade easier to handle as Rays fans. Um, a little bit. Uh, I I mean, I still think if you're a Rays fan, you like you like that trade anyways. Did we ever? Did we do that trade on here? I don't know. I can't remember anything. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to watch uh, this 47-second clip of one at bat by Susugo. I have no idea if that's how you pronounce ooh. it. <clears throat> I'm going to let you guys know everything you need to know about him, okay? So this is in the World okay. Baseball Classic. Oh, he's facing... I don't know who he's facing. looks like some Yankee that I don't remember. And he's got his hands, like, really out in front of him. Big separation on right. hands, like Otani. Yeah. All right, little wiggle, slow leg... Yeah, he sliced that one down the line. So it was a little slow leg action. Comes through. Nice swing, Jake. Not a beautiful lefty swing. Like, if you see the slow-mo, I don't think you're like, wow, that is gorgeous. But I'm going to see the slow-mo right now. I don't know. I think he's facing, like, Chris Martin or something for the Yankees. Now I need to see a defensive play. 
and then I'll let you know. Oh, if, wow. I, I'll let you know, hey, is this a good signing by the Rays? What position could you give me his? Could you give me his offensive stats for this upcoming season? For the upcoming season? Yeah. Yeah, 254 batting average. Okay. He's going to pop 31 home runs. Wow, 31. Okay. Yeah, two are speaker jobs and uh, catwalk gotcha. jobs that fall. And he's going to have a uh, 330 on base percentage. Wow. 814 OPS. Pretty good year. That is a really good year. Yeah, I'm coming in a little below that. I think I've got him at 22 homers, um, 261 batting average. 22 homers. Okay, wow, yeah. Well, people aren't going to know how to pitch to him for a while. He does a little elbow wiggle on the back end. Okay. He looks like a like a hefty guy in the middle, so that's cool. He's got a little pouch. Like, like a little belly? Yeah, but it could just be the jersey. You never know. Tucked in jerseys. Okay. They fake you out sometimes. Susugo. So, wow. You guys just got a full full scouting report. That's Yeah, that was in depth. The Dodgers yeah. signed Blake Treenan, guy who had promise, had a bad year, one year, $10 million deal. Kind of uh, an easy signing. I don't think you're going to find anyone saying that was a stupid move. It's pretty cheap. The upside is really there, and the downside is not even that much there. Does this, you and I have been a little up in arms about the non-tendered guys because, again, it's not really supposed to work like that. Was this kind of a win for training? He goes cross, he, go, he goes to the Dodgers. He's coming off a bad year. I think he was supposed to make like $8 million, uh, for the if he got tendered. So he would have been $8 million on the A's or he goes $10 million on the Dodgers coming off a bad year. Where if he shoves for a year, he's going to get a big old contract. Yeah, that's true. Actually worked out in favor for him. Good for you, Blake. Blake Trinan. <laughs> Tough. <laughs> Let's talk Any about Blake we run into is going to be a Southern guy, huh? Want to talk about the trade? We can talk about the trade. Uh, uh, anything else we have to clean up? Our Brewers got Lin- Lindblom and Brett Anderson. I kind of love it. I mean, really low risk. If if one of those guys pan out, uh, that's kind of a win. Yeah. Yeah. Let's I do mean, trade. you're not ecstatic about them if you're a Brewers fan and you think you're in win-now mode. Throwers, baby. Throwers. Throwers, I don't know if they can last yet. Like, those aren't playoff wins. The Brewers should be getting people right. that make them winners in the playoffs, not contenders in the regular season. If I, hey, if there's a team that can can make throwers work, it's it's the Brewers. And I think uh, the the quote we heard from a from a baseball source was like, "Hey, if you could get Lindblom for three mil and Anderson for five mil, is is that better than having two years of Tanner Rourke for twelve million? <laughs> I think so. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. All right, trade alert. Let's do our big trade alert sound effect. Trade alert. I don't have one. Never mind. Okay. Trade alert, trade alert, trade alert. A big trade. Kluber comes off the board. The Klubot been rumored to be traded for a while. Big time rumors last year before the injury with crazy packages. He gets dealt to the Indian to the Rangers from the Indians to yep. the Rangers in exchange for outfielder Lino DeShields and right hander Emmanuel Clace 
who's you know a, a closer uh, who throws a hundred and one mile per hour cutter supposedly, and uh, Kluber had a one million dollar bonus in his contract if he gets traded, and he the Indians are sending five hundred of that to the Rangers. So the Rangers actually got some money; they got five hundred thousand dollars and Kluber for Delano de Shields and Emmanuel Clace. There's a couple talking points about this trade. One, Jake, I saw a lot of people on Twitter and Reddit and baseball forums say like, whoa, the Rangers, they're competing? And anyone that listens to Talking Baseball and you and I have been talking about all they see, we've been telling you the Rangers are going to make a splash for a while now. So I wasn't surprised at all when I saw this, but a lot of people still didn't realize the Rangers are trying to go all in. They got the new stadium, they got some players they like, and they want people to come to the new stadium and get excited about the team. And this is what that does. So that's uh, the Rangers first aren't done, by the way. Right? Rangers are not done. I mean, they were in on Rendon. Um, I, I mean, there's a chance they go for Josh Donaldson or hell. I would kind of love it if they finished they said off the rotation, man. Um, I you be- know, hey, go make a splash and sign Ryu and make it five deep with a lot of quality guys. I mean, that would be badass. Um, I, I, I think they've still got one uh, another move up their sleeve. Um, but with with the Kluber trade, I'm I'm interested to get your thoughts, Jammer, because I know um, from all the reports we heard middle of the season, um, things were down on Kluber. Do I? I mean, is is it kind of Texas taking a chance because everyone was giving the Indian shit um, because it on paper the return for Kluber doesn't look great, um, but there's a chance Kluber is not anything close to Kluber anymore. Yeah, I think there's a good chance. I mean, I had heard reports when Kluber was trying to make his comeback towards the end of last season that, like, he did one bullpen session, and they were like, they just shut it down. They are like, no chance we roll you on the mound throwing this. Um, So I think the miles per hour are severely dropped, and I think, you know, outside baseball doesn't know that yet, and maybe he does make a full recovery. If he is, like, you know, if he returns to 100% healthy Kluber and is like, you know, a fucking dominant ace, right. then this is a bad trade by the Indians. They get guys. This is my problem with the Indians. They want to tank. We've been right. saying this for years. They would love to tank. They'd love to trade Lindor and dump salary and all that stuff. But they have too good of players. So yeah. now they're making these trades where they trade Bauer, but they bring back Puig. And they're like, no, guys, fans, we're still trying to compete right now. And then they can they can use that same excuse with Delano de Shields and Emmanuel Clace and just tell their fan base, well, we had better packages, but we want to compete right now. And these two guys come over and they go on our team right away. And there might be a lot of truth to that, but I still just think it's dumb. This is a salary dump. I mean, yeah, it's a salary well, dump. And- There's not really any ways around it. Yeah, I think the other thing, I mean, with the Bauer trade, I think the Puig, I think that's almost a good comparison to the the Todd Frazier trade a few years back. Like, Puig was the name you know, but Fran Mil Reyes was, was the piece they wanted in that trade. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's how much do they do they love this this thrower they got, the Chase kid? Um, but, yeah, no, I, Angel fans were pissed off because, like, we've been talking about they need they need more throwers. And... Uh, and they, the reported package that was being asked for from Angels Land, and again, who who knows the truth to this, but it was big prospects. Um, so the Angels are looking at the return that 
Cleveland got are saying, like, what the hell? Um, we, we heard you were looking for two top ten prospects, and now you do it for a utility guy and a, a top 30 prospect? Um, so it, it, it'll be interesting to see um, what Kluber still got. And, I mean, yeah, even if he's 85% of himself, um, it seems like a good deal for the Rangers. But there's also, like, a chance, and I'm surprised – more people aren't talking about it that like Kluber ain't Kluber anymore. They took the chance. Like it, reportedly the, the Indians had better offers, but this is what they wanted. And I think what the, the best thing is they did not want to roll the dice and have him pitch in 2020 and then, you know, move him at the deadline. Cause I think they are scared. His value might plummet. Right. Once he gets on the mound a handful of times. So the Rangers are taking the chance there. But, hey, they have a little nice rotation now. They got, they picked up Kluber. They have Miner. They have Lance Lynn. They picked up Gibson. And they picked up Lyles, which, you know, isn't really going to, like, make you say, oh, shit, wow. But not a lot of teams have five solid, five solid guys with experience and can go out there and do a pitch for a whole season. Yeah, how about how about Jordan Lyles with his Milwaukee numbers earning earning himself some money? Good for him. Um, yeah, Rangers are Rangers are my number one like flip or flop team. Like either those those old birds put it together. Like Mike Miner's a stud. Lance Lynn has figured it out. Kluber's healthy, um, and like it it all comes together. Or like I think it could be a train wreck. <laughs> like it could be it could be like you know Lance Lynn was a little smoke and mirrors. Kluber's dead. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 excited for it though. I mean, this is this is what we talked about all last year is that we wish teams tried this um and baseball had gotten away from it. It's been a great offseason for baseball. I mean, yeah. we are still not at Christmas. I mean, by Christmas last year, Jake, was there anything that happened? I think I was looking at it. I, I think like Corbin had happened, and I think one other thing. But um, everything's happened. Almost everything. Yeah. 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 Like now, if if you're one of the free agents left, like we talked about, there's definitely still a sweet spot. Like you might get a bidding war for Ryu or Keikel or or someone like that. But if you're a free agent, you're also a little like it. Are if you're Marcelo Zuna or Nick Castellanos, are you starting to get nervous? Like are are teams starting to check off their list already and and kind of be done? Um, uh, I don't know. That's kind of that weird, weird. We're in that weird Midler FA time where it's, am I going to have to suck it up and take a one year with good money and try to earn it again? Or are you going to get a little late bidding war going and, and get paid paid? I don't know, but I know that you have two teams in uh, in the LA area that need pitchers. The Dodgers need a pitcher. Yeah. The Angels need two pitchers. The Dodgers rotation right now is what? Kershaw, Bueller, uh, Made uh, Urias and May. Am I missing someone? The cat dude, maybe. The cat dude. Um, What's his name? Strickland? No. No, that was the guy they got from Tampa. <laughs> cat dude. Well, when he uh, pitches, they I'm, call it Catterday. Yeah, that's that's tough. Is Rich Hill coming back for them? He's hurt, right? Um, I, don't, I don't believe. Yeah, I don't think he's part of the active plan. Gonsolin is the cat dude. Gonsolin, yeah. yeah. Tony G, baby. 
Uh, yeah, I mean they they've still they've still got options. All right, cool. You got anything else to add? I think we we covered everything, guys. Next on Friday's episode, it might be a, uh, if there's news, we'll come back and we'll do a little bit of news and then throw an interview in there. But we got a lot of interviews to to go and. We're excited about it. Like I said, if you want to watch it, go to Talking Baseball Podcast on YouTube and subscribe. We're trying to get the subscribers up. Brand new channel. Uh, so we're moving everything over there. Otherwise, keep listening on the, whatever podcast app you like. Uh, we appreciate Jim, it all. Jim, call me stupid. Uh, uh, do you want to talk to Tommy Famtrip? I think we missed it. Did we? I think so. I don't so think we didn't we talk did about it. Snell saying slapdick prospect and all that? I don't think so. I could be losing my mind, but... I didn't get the Tommy Pham trade from the Rays perspective, but I get it now that they signed this dude. Because they got they got a good they got a good prospect, the slapdick prospect. He's he's pretty good. People think he's gonna be the real deal. Uh Pham is better than Renfro. And yeah. so like what my thing was, aren't the Rays in more of a win now mode than the Padres? Like the Padres are one hundred percent trying to win now. The Rays are already winning now. So if I was a Rays fan, I'd be like, hey, I get that this prospect is good, but can we attack the now? And like, like I wouldn't focus further than 2020 if I was a Rays fan. And I'd be mad at the team for doing so, even though it's smart. But like, come on, like we have a window. We're good. Let's win. Because in a couple of years, you're going to trade all these guys for more prospects. And then we're just doing the same routine. But now, like, you know, with knowing they signed this dude to kind of hopefully re- replace or replicate some of that, then I think it's not that bad. I totally get the move from the Padres. They are they have a ton of young guys. They have a ton, ton of talent, and FAM helps them win now. Yeah, and so from the Padres side, you get Tommy Fan, who's got some of the best on-base numbers the past few years, and I think they really need that at the top of their lineup. It's a little righty-heavy, but, I mean, if, if you could get Fam on base for Machado, Tatis, I mean, you can you could start putting a lineup together there pretty pretty good in San Diego, or at least at the top. Um, for, for me, it kind of – again, it's this NL West – situation right now does Tommy Pham put you over the top I don't think so so in a couple years when Xavier Edwards who looks like a really solid ball player is is knocking it around for the Rays and being productive and Tommy Pham left you in free agency I mean I wonder what that looks like and feels like for San Diego Um, and at the same time like with the Rays Hunter Renfro I'm pretty sure he's got really nice numbers versus lefties so I mean worst case do you get a him and Susugo platoon going and they rake because that's something the Rays are really good at (laughs) Um, so I don't know I I like it for the Rays the other player involved is Jake Cronenworth who's an infielder and relief pitcher so a I just need to see that guy in big league baseball Um, I think I like it I like it for both sides. That's kind of a trade cop-out. I like it more for the Rays. The The other thing I do love about Tommy Pham in this trade is that San Diego, you kind of need a hard-o guy like Pham. And I, I mean, that Pham interview that went kind of viral this year, like, Tommy Pham ain't going to take days off. <laughs> Tommy Pham is out there to play. So I, I do like that for San Diego. All right. San Diego needs some pitchers. Yeah, or or they need young guys to get better a little bit. Uh, yeah, you can't and, bank and on she, that. I mean, Paddock is their number well, one dude, and he's not a sure thing yet. Like, I think he's going to be a like a really good pitcher, but you can't be like 
Paddock's going to put it all together and he's going to lead our rotation. That's not a good place to have him in as a sophomore year. Yeah, and m- hey, maybe they surprise us and they bring someone else in. They brought Kyle Davies in. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's also it's also the way these two organizations operate. Like the Rays have to always kind of be thinking about tomorrow because their money's not going to be there. And I mean, San Diego ain't loaded either. Well, they're spending a lot of money. Like they'll give out the Hosmer contract, the Myers contract, the Machado contract. They're doing it. Yeah, I mean, I I I think they pull back two out of three of those, but um, yeah. And then I I forget if we've done Omar Narvaez to Milwaukee. He's actually got some really nice numbers the past few years, so maybe that could be a nice bargain play by them. And then Jim, I I wrote this down. Um, there was the Jake Marisnik to the Mets trade. They were looking for um a defensive center fielder, and that's exactly what they got. Um. I do have – I'm just going to call these some interesting numbers on Jake Marisnik, Jim. Are, are you interested in that? Yes. So, Jake Marisnik, who, as you know, Jim, I, I like the name Jake and I love defensive center fielders. Um, I mean, a pretty bad lifetime hitter. 227 batting average, 280 on base, a 660 OPS. Um, and he's not it, – it's not like he's a great platoon guy. His career splits – um, versus righties, he hits 223 with a 635 OPS. Versus lefty, 234 with a 701 OPS. Um, so a little better. Uh, there's just one outlier in Jake Marisnik's stats, Jimmy, and it happens to be the year 2017, um, which I don't know if you've heard any of this Astro stuff from 2017, but there's some rumors going around about this. Um, 2017, Jake Marisnik had an 813 OPS against right-handed pitchers and an 817 OPS against left-handed pitchers. Those are very clear outliers in his career numbers. And it just makes your wheels spin a little bit. Um, because I if you heard his hitting numbers, I mean, those are pretty bad. And so if his career hitting numbers are just boosted by 2017. I mean, it, it just brings some more stuff from this Astros thing to life. Like, would Jake Marisnik still be an MLB ball player if he didn't have those stats? Um, would another guy in AAA who's a defensive center fielder get a chance? Um, I don't know. It, it just had my wheels spinning a little bit, so I figured I'd, I'd throw it out there and, and make someone mad at me, maybe. I don't know. So you think he might have benefited from something? I'm just saying his 2017 stats are a clear outlier and I actually did leave one more fact out about his 2017. Uh, he had a 647 OPS on the road. He had a 1.008 OPS at home. Interesting. How about this guy? guy? Just some numbers. How about this guy? guy by the name of Marwin Gonzalez. Yeah. Okay. 2014, 727 OPS. 2015, 759 OPS. 2016, 694 OPS. 2018, 733 OPS. 2019, 736 OPS. So we're looking at an, a career average 740, 730 OPS guy. Hmm. 2017, 907 OPS. A 150-point jump. We don't know what that could have been. Anything could have been anything. Could have been anything. I don't have his home and home and away splits though. But. How about that? A little Astro stuff at the end for the people. 
Just for everyone. All right. Sorry, sorry, Astros fans. But there are some interesting nuggets like that, and we'll it's see. It's just interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that ends it for us. We'll see you guys later. Goodbye.